Talk to God. If you don't have a Bible, there should be a Bible in the seat back in front of you. And uh, we would love for you to take that Bible home if you don't own a Bible. But 1 Chronicles chapter number 4, if you're ready to dive into God's Word today, would you say amen? amen? One more question. How many of you are interested in having a better prayer life? Anybody like that? I want to be able to pray at a greater level. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Let's read verse number 9. The Bible says this, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Today, for a few minutes, I want to speak to this subject, praying through pain, praying through pain. Let's have a word of prayer together this morning. Father, thank you so much for another day that you've given us. God, thank you for the breath that's in our lungs. God, thank you for being who you are. God, thank you for being good and for being great and just and loving and kind and merciful to us. And God, I pray that your grace that's been extended to us would motivate us to live a life that's pleasing to you. And Lord, I pray that you would meet with us in a special way here at this 830 service. Lord, I pray that the verses that we just read from your word would come alive in our hearts, that we would have a better understanding of what these verses mean biblically, historically, but also uh, what they mean personally to us uh, in our lives and in our hearts today. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit and give me the words to say that would be exactly what we need today. And uh, Lord, we're just praying that you would be pleased with it all. And we love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, how many of you have ever been to the doctor and you've seen one of those pain scales, the scale from one to 10. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I think we have a picture uh, this morning of one of these pain scales. And I don't know if you're like me, you get a little bit nervous to answer this because you don't want to give the wrong answer. You might be feeling like you have a 10 on the inside, just uh, excruciating, unbearable, but you don't want to say that. You don't want to be dramatic. And so you might just say, you know, I'm, I'm a four, I'm a number four. Uh, and uh, you know, it's very important how you answer this, uh, how you answer this scale. My daughter, Blake, whenever she goes to the doctor and they ask her a question like this, it's always 10. You know, it's always 10, no matter what uh, the pain is. And uh, there is this scale uh, for pain. Uh, often we have a peculiar way of uh, measuring our pain in life, uh, whether that pain is physical or financial or spiritual. Uh, we have a unique way as human beings to kind of uh, measure that pain. But I'm thankful today that when it comes to our, our pain, that uh, the Bible has much to say about pain. Uh, all throughout scripture, we see verses and passages that deal with our pain. Uh, there was a man in the Old Testament, and his name is almost synonymous with pain, and that man's name is Job. And uh, Job was a man that experienced all kinds of pain in life. He experienced financial pain. He lost all of his fortune. He experienced uh, uh, physical pain. He lost all of his health. Uh, he experienced relational pain. He uh, lost all all of his family, 
And if anyone knew uh, about the painful realities of life, it was Job. But when Job came to the end of his life and when God brought him really through the furnace of that affliction, uh, Job was able to say this towards the end of his life in Job chapter 42, verse number five. He said, I have heard of thee. By the hearing of the ear, uh, Job speaking to God. I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now, everybody say, but now. He says, but now mine eye seeth thee. Uh, Job says, now that I have come through the furnace of affliction, and now that I have walked through this kind of pain, uh, now I can see God clearly. See, I believe that pain has a way of either uh, clouding our perspective or clarifying our perspective. See, pain will cloud your perspective if you are looking horizontally. Are you with me this morning? If you are looking horizontally, if you are uh, looking at external circumstances, if you are looking at uh, your neighbor and what's happening to them, and and why would God allow uh, this to happen to me but not to them? And I know people that aren't even followers of Jesus, and it seems like their lives are a lot better than mine. And if we are looking horizontally, that pain will cloud our perspective. But if you do not look horizontally, and if you look vertically, that pain has a way of clarifying your perspective. So like Job, you can say, now I see what God is doing, and and now I see uh, the works that God is doing in my life. The Bible says this in Psalm 102, verse number one, hear my prayer. How many of you would say that's the desire of my heart today, that God would hear my prayer? Oh Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call me, uh, when I call, answer me speedily. What an honest prayer. Uh, What a real prayer. Uh, Lord, would you answer me quickly? God, I need an answer right now. Uh, God, would you please hear me and give me that promotion tomorrow? Uh, God, I need an answer right now. You know, one of the things that I love so much about a, a biblical pattern for prayer is that God is not looking for polished and perfect prayers. He's looking for honest and humble prayers. And I love that the psalmist says, Lord, would you answer me uh, speedily? God, would you answer me uh, quickly? Now, uh, today we come to 1 Chronicles chapter number 4, and we are introduced to a man who, much like Job in the Old Testament, uh, is known for his pain. Uh, he's known for the painful circumstances in his life. Now, 1 Chronicles chapter number 1 uh, verse chapter, or through chapter number 9 really are genealogies. And uh, what you find in 1 Chronicles chapter 1 through 9, you find name after name after name after name after name. Uh, this is the section when you come in your Bible reading that many of you are tempted to skip over. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like, okay, this person is okay, let's go skip, skip, skip. Okay, chapter 10, here's some narratives. And so uh, sometimes we come to this passage and we might be tempted to skip over it. But what the author is doing here, which many believe is, is Ezra, uh, he is chronicling and he is listing all all of the significant names of the Old Testament, of all of the stories, and he is really uh, showing us this this genealogy of the messianic line, the the line leading to Jesus Christ, but also the line of the priesthood. And so he is uh, chronicling all of these names, and it's just name after name after name after name. Uh, There's no stories, there's no parables, there's no proverbs, there's no principles, it's just name after name after name. But right in the middle of 600 names, the author interrupts the text and he highlights one man. In the middle of 600 names, just name after name after name, no description, no, uh, no stories, name after name, there's one man that interrupts the text because the author wants to highlight this man of prayer. And the author wants to highlight one man who prayed a simple, succinct, and yet powerful prayer. And of course, this man's name was Jabez. And Jabez is known for really his pain, but also uh, this simple prayer that we just read a moment ago. Now, we don't know much about Jabez. Uh, He's only mentioned one time in scripture, and we just read it this morning, just that simple verse. That's all that we know about him. But verse number nine gives us 
Uh, a few clues as to the character of this man, Jabez. And by way of introduction this morning, I want us to meet this man, Jabez, and learn a little bit about him. And so if you have your Bible open, uh, notice uh, verse number nine uh, of our text today. If you're with me, would you say amen? amen? It says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And so we learn right off the bat that he was a man of honor, that he was a man of character. Now, interestingly, Jabez was not a priest. He was not a prophet. He was not a king. He was not a warrior. And yet the Bible says that he was more honorable than his brethren. Uh, His brethren that had the same upbringing, that had the same lineage that he had, the Bible says that he was more honorable. The reason that he was more honorable is because he was a man of prayer. He was a man that valued prayer. Can I tell you today that you don't need a special title to talk to God? That, that you don't need a special position to talk to God, that, that you don't need to be in some special place to talk to God. I'm thankful today that wherever we are, whoever we are, we can boldly approach the throne of grace and we can bring our needs to him in our time of need. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what position you have, you can talk to God. Uh, we have to recognize today that the Bible says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so we ought to be people like Jabez. Hey, I might not be in a position of leadership or have a special title, but I recognize today that I have the privilege to access God in prayer. And so Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. But then the second thing that we know about Jabez from verse number nine, notice it. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. But then watch this. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And so we learn right off the bat that Jabez was associated with pain. The name Jabez means pain. And so most commentators believe that when Jabez was being born and as his mother was giving birth, that this was a complicated pregnancy. And so because of this complicated pregnancy, uh, Jabez's mother says, uh, this child will be known for this complication and this sorrow, and I'm going to name him Jabez, which means pain. Now, remember, in the Old Testament, this is something that we've been learning over the last several weeks. We even talked about it last week. In the Old Testament, in ancient culture, your name was linked to your character. Remember we talked about this last week? And so it was more than just something that someone called you. It was really symbolic of who you were. So imagine that being named Jabez, being named Pain. Everywhere that he went, that character was attached to him. Uh, There was a very similar story in the Old Testament in Genesis uh, where uh, Jacob and Rachel were having a child and Rachel was about to give birth and she was having a complicated uh, birth and there was a complicated pregnancy. And the Bible says this in Genesis 35 verse number 16. And they journeyed from Bethel and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath and Rachel travailed and she she had a hard labor, the Bible says. This was a difficult delivery. She had a hard labor and it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing. She would pass away uh, giving birth as her soul was in departing for she died that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. And so there's this interesting moment here where Rachel is in pain and she is giving birth and this was a sorrowful situation. And and so she names her son Benoni, which means son of sorrow. And she wanted to label this situation as painful, as sorrowful. Uh, But Jacob being the father, uh, he recognized that, that God changed his name. He recognized that God changed his situation. He recognized that God changed his circumstances. And he thought, if God changed my name and if God could change my circumstances, then certainly God can change the circumstances here and with this child. And so Jacob, who loved Rachel, who worked 14 years for Rachel, he changed his name from Benoni, which means son of sorrow, to Benjamin, which means son of strength, son of my right hand. 
And so Jacob said, I don't want this child to be identified with pain and suffering and sorrow. I want him to be identified with Yahweh, with strength, son of my right hand. And so he changed the name of his child. Here's what I want you to know. Jabez did not have a father like Jacob. Jabez did not have a father that said, no, we can't name him after this painful circumstance. Uh, And so he went with that name. He went with that label of pain throughout his whole life. He was labeled as someone that had pain and someone that had sorrow. That was the label that was attached to him. And as I prayed on that and as I thought on that, I I thought this, uh, tragically so often we do the same thing. We will live according to labels that other people place upon us. Unqualified inexperienced, divorced, single, too young, too old. Why is it that so often we are quick to listen to the labels, but we are slow to listen to the Lord? Because while the world around Jabez was saying, you are associated and identified and labeled with pain, God remembered him not for his pain. God remembered him in scripture for his prayer. Aren't you thankful today that God does not view us as the world views us? I'm thankful today that I don't have to listen to the labels from the world. I can listen to my heavenly father that calls me his child, that says that I'm a sheep of his pasture, that my identity is not in some label that someone else would put on me. My identity is safe and secure in Christ and in Christ alone. And so Jabez had this label of pain his circumstances surrounding him were all about pain uh, but he is not remembered for his pain according to lord he's remembered for his prayer and so jabez did not live according to his past he moved forward how could he move forward even though his past was traumatic even though his past was filled with sorrow and difficulty and pain he moved forward because he tapped into the power of prayer i love what the bible says in second corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 uh, for which cause we faint not but but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction by the way we always have to look at our pain through a biblical perspective and, and often the bible is going to describe our pain as being a light affliction uh, not to make it uh, any less uh, significant or not to say that the pain isn't real or that we don't feel it but in the grand scheme of things when you consider eternity this is a light affliction he says this is a light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us you, you can have your affliction working for you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal and so what is he saying weigh your pain that that scale of pain make sure that you are weighing your pain and measuring your pain in light of eternity in light of eternal things and so uh, this is what we see in the life of Jabez. Now, uh, Jabez is going to pray in verse number 10, a very short, succinct, powerful, I believe, life-changing prayer. This is a prayer that I've been praying every day this week as a model, as a pattern, as a template, and I believe that this prayer can be life-changing, and so this is going to serve today for us as our second prayer pattern uh, in this series, and so if you uh, want to jot a couple of these things down, let's look at this pattern that Jabez uh, gives us uh, in prayer. Uh, The first way that we can pray is this, Lord, bless me. Bless me. I want you to see it in verse number 10. The Bible says this, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. And so what was Jabez's first prayer request? God, bless me. 
Now, it's interesting. The word bless in the Hebrew is barak. It's one of actually our seven words for worship that we talk about when we want to worship the Lord. The word barak means to kneel down. And so when we worship the Lord, we want to kneel down humbly before him and give him the worship that he deserves. Interestingly, Jabez uses the words, uh, uses the word barak in terms of receiving a blessing. And so what is he saying? That word barak, uh, to bend down. Uh, he is saying, Lord, would you stoop down from heaven and put your hand of blessing on my life? God, would you bless me? God, would you bless my marriage? God, would you bless my family? Now, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes we shy away from praying a prayer like this because we, we think in terms of, man, uh, maybe a prosperity gospel or theology where it's just like, you know, maybe it's a self-centered prayer and you feel maybe, maybe feel guilty. And, man, I don't even know if I'm worthy of the blessing. I don't even know if I uh, should ask for God's blessing. Should I pray this prayer? Uh, God, would you bless me? But can I just tell you today that God does desire to bless your life? This is something that we see all throughout scripture, that God does want to bless your life because he is a loving heavenly father that knows how to give good gifts to his children. And so God does want to bless you. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter one, verse number three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And so God wants to bless us in ways that we are unaware of. Now, in our culture today, uh, we talk a lot about being stressed. And uh, stress is something that's common in our culture today. And it's almost seen as a badge of honor, that the more stressed you are, sometimes the more significant you are. You know, if, if someone asks you, how are you doing? Man, I'm stressed. I'm just carrying a lot. And sometimes we equate significance with the level of stress that we have. But I want you to know that it is not God's desire that you would live the stressed life. It is God's desire, according to Psalm chapter 1, that you would live the blessed life. And that God desires for you to uh, have and receive a blessing. But here's what we need to know. This is not just so that we can be blessed and, and have more things and go on more vacations. Although if God blesses you in that way, great. God has given us all things richly to enjoy. But the blessings that we should pray for, watch it. Are you with me today? They're not really even for us. Because what we see in Scripture, and this is so important, what we see in Scripture is that God blesses us with the purpose and with the intent that we would be a blessing to others. God blesses us so that the blessings that come to us would then go through us. This goes all the way back to the promise that God made Abraham in Genesis chapter number 12. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. God says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and your descendants so that you might be a blessing. See, if you are not actively praying for God to bless you, then your ability to bless others will be limited. So we need to pray like Jabez, Lord, would you bless me? God, would you bless my marriage so that I can be an encouragement to other couples? God, would you bless my business so that I can be generous and I can give towards missions, and can I, I can give towards those that are in need. Uh, Lord, would you bless my home? Would you bless my parenting? Would you bless my children so that they can go and be a blessing to others? And so when God blesses you, he's not just thinking of you. Uh, God, bless me so that I can bless others. I remember several years ago, I was at a, I was at a church conference, and I was actually in college at the time. And uh, uh, someone asked me, can you take this uh, this?" Uh, a businessman to the airport. He's a ride to the airport. He was a he was a Christian businessman, and and uh, I found out that he was a very wealthy, uh, very wealthy 
uh, Christian businessman. And as we were driving in the car, he kind of started to tell me his story a little bit. And uh, he talked about when his company, he told me, uh, Matt, you know, uh, 40 years ago when my company made its first $10,000, my wife and I, we got together and we decided uh, that we were going to tithe. We prayed about it. We decided we're going to tithe off that $10,000. And he said, that might not seem like a lot to you, 10% of 10000 but for us, it was, it was a lot of money, and it was a very difficult decision, but we decided that we're going to tithe off that $10,000. And then he started talking more on how God started to bless his business. And then he said, I remember when our company made its first $1 million. And he said, you know, that decision was a little bit easier because we already decided that we were going to tithe off of what God had given us. And so we tithe off a million dollars. And I remember as he got to that point in the story, I'm thinking, you know, I wanted to ask him, you know, how do you feel about blessing a poor college student that's about to get married? You know, what do you, what do you think about that kind of blessing? I didn't ask him that. I refrained from that. But that's what I was thinking in my mind. Like, wow. And, uh, and so he started to tell me about how he was generous. I found out later after I dropped him off from the airport that that man had given millions and millions of dollars to churches and missionaries around the world. Why? Because he recognized that God blessed him, that God blessed his family, that God blessed his business so that he might be a blessing to others. Can I tell you today that God wants to bless you so that you can encourage others and so that you can be a blessing uh, to others. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 1. Sometimes we might think that, uh, that we can only bless someone else if we are operating from a place of excess. But can I tell you that's not a biblical mindset? We ought to be blessing others with whatever God has entrusted to us. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 8, verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, uh, we do you to wit of the grace of God. He says we want you to know, we want you to understand of the grace of God bestowed, given to the churches of Macedonia. How that in a, in a great trial of affliction, in the abundance of their joy, in their deep poverty, abounded unto the riches of their liberality. I love the Macedonian model of giving uh, this grace giving because the Bible says that they were, they were in deep poverty. They had nothing, and yet they abounded in liberality. They abounded in generosity. And so it's not about an amount that you have. It's about an attitude that you have that I want to uh, be a blessing to others. I want to be blessed so that I can bless and give towards others. Some of the greatest blessings that Katie and I have ever received in ministry the greatest blessings that we have received is when we have decided we want to be a blessing to someone else. We want to provide a meal for someone else. We want to uh, provide groceries for someone else. We want to surprise someone uh, with a gift. Why? Because the Bible says truly it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so what did Jabez pray? He said, Lord, would you bless me? By the way, I love how Jabez says, Lord, would you bless me indeed? In the Hebrew, it's doubled for emphasis. What he's saying is, would you really, really bless me? God, I really, really want a blessing. And so when we pray on a daily basis, God, would you bless me? Not in a selfish way, but God, would you bless me? Would you provide for my family? Would you bless me so that I can be a blessing? That's number one. Here's number two today. Here's the second prayer that we can pray. Uh, first, bless me. Number two, stretch me. God, would you stretch me? I want you to see it in verse number 10. What does Jabez say? He called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. And then I love this, and enlarge my coast. Would you enlarge my coast? Now, most commentators say that this was in reference to driving out the Canaanites from their land, that uh, driving the enemy out, and in so doing, that there would be increased acreage for uh, Jabez. Lord, would you get rid of the enemy? Would you increase uh, this land? Would you give me more space? Would you enlarge my coast? But there was something far more than just physical acreage going on here. 
Jabez was not just interested in procuring more real estate. Uh, Jabez wanted God to increase and expand his influence and his impact for God, for Yahweh. He was praying, would you enlarge my coast? What was he praying? God, would you stretch my influence for you and for your kingdom? What a beautiful thing that we should be praying on a daily basis. God, would you stretch me? God, would you enlarge my coast? God, would you increase my impact for you and for your kingdom? So often we are confined by limited thinking. So often we are confined to uh, boundaries of our own limitations. But there should be some followers of Jesus that would say, Lord, would you stretch me? Would you expand my coast? God, would you expand my reach for the cause of Jesus Christ? Even in terms of coming to Easter weekend, this is a prayer that we should be praying. You might think, well, I've already invited everybody that I know. And I invited someone last year and they said no. Uh, Can I encourage you? Pray and ask God to stretch you. Uh, Pray and ask God to increase your influence for him. Uh, to, to, To get uncomfortable for the cause of Christ. See, that's the thing about stretching. How many of you enjoy stretching? Anybody like that? Okay. How many of you do not enjoy stretching? Okay. And uh, stretching can be, can be very painful. I did not stretch as much as I should, uh, but something about stretching is that it can, be, it can be painful. It can be uncomfortable. So often we are not stretching enough spiritually. But what was Jabez praying for? Lord, would you stretch me? Would you enlarge my... God, I want to do something greater for you. I don't, I don't want to just be thinking of me, myself, and what's going on in my life. Let me ask you this question today. Are you with me? Anybody else with me? Yes. If God answered all of your prayers... Would it change the world or would it just change you? If God answered all of your prayers, would it change the world or would it just change you? Because if it would only change you, then you probably need to pray, stretch me. Would you enlarge my coast? Would you increase my vision for you? And so Jabez was praying this prayer, Lord, would you increase, would you stretch? There's been times uh, as a church when we've gone through stretching seasons, uh, when we've prayed prayers, Lord, would you enlarge our coast? I remember in 2019 uh, when we were meeting at Steelworkers Auditorium. How many of you were at Steelworkers Auditorium? Uh, we were at Steelworkers Auditorium in 2019, and we were praying and planning. And uh, right when 2020 started, we were praying that God would stretch and expand. And we went to two services, and we went to two services, and God bless, and a week later, COVID hit, and uh, we had to shut everything down. And uh, then and God decreased our borders, and we went and uh, we went into online services, and then we started praying and planning. And God providing. We came into this space. We had one services. God was filling up one service even during COVID. God was filling up one service, and then we went to two services, and God started filling up two services. And now, by the grace of God, we're at three services. And can I tell you, by the grace of God and for the glory of God, He's filling up three services. And I don't know what's on the horizon, but I know this: I don't want to stay comfortable in my own limited thinking. I want to say, Lord, would you stretch me? Would you enlarge my coast? God, would you do something bigger and beyond me? Do something bigger and beyond. Would you do something that is so big that only you can get the glory from it? This is what Jabez was praying. Lord, would you stretch me? The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power. Kerry said he's remembered as the father of modern missions. He, He did an incredible missions endeavor and work in India in the 1800s. And he's known for saying this that we ought to expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. I believe this was the heart of Jabez, that he didn't want to settle for the status quo. Lord, would you enlarge my coast? And so today we pray, bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Lord, stretch me so that my impact for you will go beyond just the borders of my own thinking. Here's the third one today. Here's the third uh, step in our prayer. Then we pray this, empower me. 
Lord, would you empower me? Notice what he says in verse number 10. If you're with me today, would you say amen? amen? He says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, stretch me, and that thine hand might be with me. He says, God, I need your hand. I need you to be with me. Now, the progression makes a lot of sense. Because if God is blessing you, and if God is increasing your impact for his kingdom, more than ever, you need the presence of God in your life. More than ever, you need the hand of the Lord upon your life. The hand of the Lord always represents strength. Even in, in the moment, uh, a moment ago when I mentioned Benjamin, uh, son of my right hand, son of strength. The hand of the Lord always represents strength. The Bible says in Acts chapter 11, verse number 21, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. In Ezra uh, chapter 7, verse 28, it says this, And hath extended mercy unto me before the king and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes, and I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. And I gathered uh, together out of Israel chief men to go up with me. And so the hand of the Lord uh, represents his strength, his power. The last thing that you want in life, Please hear me today. The last thing that you want in your life is to be blessed and have influence and impact, but you don't have the hand of the Lord. I remember several years ago, we were in Carlsbad, uh, California. We were having a couple days of vacation, and uh, right there in downtown Carlsbad by, uh, by the beach there, there's an ice cream shop, Handles Ice Cream. And uh, they have some different Handles locations. How many of you have been to Handles Ice Cream, right? Yes. And, uh, and so we went to Handles, and uh, uh, we were excited on vacation to get the world's best ice cream, they say, at Handles Ice Cream. And uh, all my family loves ice cream. Katie's not a huge fan of ice cream, but she still likes it. Uh, but my daughter, Liv, she loves ice cream. And I remember Liv was much younger at the time. And she was so excited. She got in line. We, uh, we were in line. She ordered uh, two giant uh, scoops of, of ice cream from Handles and uh, uh, gave her that cone. And you know how sometimes they put it on top and it doesn't really sink down into the cone? How many of you know what I'm talking about? And uh, Liv was carrying that, that, that uh, scoop, two scoops of ice cream, and she was so excited for that. And you guessed it, a few minutes later, she bumped, she spilled, went all over her, went all over the ground. And uh, it was a tragic moment <laughs> in our family, let me just tell you. It was a tragic moment. This is what I've learned in life, that the blessing can quickly become a burden if you don't know how to carry it. The blessing that God bestows upon you will quickly become a burden if you don't know how to handle it. This is why Jabez says, Lord, would you bless me? Would you enlarge my coast? But God, I need you. God, I cannot do this on my own. It's not about how I can carry this uh, talent that you've given me. I, I don't know. Uh, you've blessed me financially, but God, I need you to help me carry it. Uh, God, you've blessed me relationally, but would you help me carry it? Uh, God, would you empower me? God, would you fill me with your spirit uh, so that I can move forward in the strength of your hand and not in the strength of my own hand? This was Jabez showing his utter dependence upon the Lord. God, I need you. God, would you empower me with the strength of your hand? I love what Moses says in Exodus 33, verse number 15. He said unto him, God, he was speaking to God, and he says, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Moses said, God, if you're not going to be with us, then I don't even want to move forward. And that's the same prayer that I have when it comes to Rock Hill Church, that if God is not in it, then I don't want to be a part of it. 
We need God's presence. We need to depend on his power, to depend on his hand. And so we have to pray on a daily basis, God, would you empower me? God, would you stay with me? Would your presence uphold me? God, would you give me the strength that I don't have to move forward? Ephesians 3, verse number 14 says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Watch this. To be strengthened, everybody say strengthened, with the might of his spirit in the inner man. This is a prayer that we ought to pray on a daily basis. Lord, would you strengthen me with your spirit? Because if you're not praying that, what you're doing by default is you're just trusting in yourself and you're trusting in your own flesh and in your own ability, and we can only carry so much. But what we ought to be praying is what Jabez prayed, Lord, would your hand be with me? God, would you empower me? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And so when we pray, if you want to change the way that you pray, if you want to pray with a new pattern, you can write these words down and pray accordingly. Bless me so that I can bless others. Stretch me, enlarge my coast. God, allow me to do something great for you. Empower me so that I can carry what you've handed to me, so that I can handle this in a way that's pleasing to you. And then here's the fourth one today. Here's the fourth progression. Protect me. Protect me. Notice verse number 10. Jabez called upon the Lord God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and, thy, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. God, would you keep me from evil. Now, the progression here that Jabez prays is so important for us to recognize. Because, are you with me today? Because if God blesses you, if God increases your impact, he enlarges your coast. If the hand of the Lord is with you, and God is with you and his presence is strengthening you, then just know the forces of all of hell will try to destroy you. Just know that the devil wants nothing more than to destroy, deceive, and to disrupt the good things that God is doing in your life. Therefore, we must pray, Lord, would you protect me from evil? God, would you deliver me from addiction, temptation? God, would you deliver me from depression? God, would you protect me from this evil? Sometimes we can focus on the problems that we have in life. We can focus on the severity and the size of our problems. How many of you, if you're just being honest today at the 830 service, there's been something even this year in 2023 that for a moment you just were totally overwhelmed. Anybody like that? I was just overwhelmed in this moment. Man, there's a big problem in front of me. I was reading this week and I saw a video this week of during World War II when the uh, Allied powers wanted to uh, uh, kind of deceive uh, the Germans and the enemy. They didn't have enough tanks. And so rather than building more tanks, they had some inflatable tanks that they just blew up so that when the Germans would come and spy, that they would see that they had a lot of tanks, but they weren't real. I have a, I have a short clip for us this morning. It was like being in the, in the Ghost Army. A ninth Army crossed the Rhine River. We used 400 of those tanks in that operation. And it was all fake. And the Germans would think, well, there they are, so let's move over here when the real army was over here. And so what looked so strong, so powerful, so large and intimidating was actually a very light thing. It was just an inflatable. And I thought about that and I thought of this verse in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse number 18. It says this, and this is the prophet speaking. He says, and this is but a light thing in the sight of our Lord. 
he will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. Can I just encourage you today that the enemy in front of you might be very intimidating. That the problem in front of you might be, might be so big and so large and it's seemingly insurmountable. But can I tell you that when the Lord looks at your problem, what he says is this is but a light thing for the Lord God Almighty. Can I tell you today that there is nothing that is too hard for the Lord our God. No addiction, no depression, no temptation. There is nothing that is too hard for our God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1 that there is nothing impossible for our God. And so therefore, when we pray, we should pray, God, this is very big in my sight. God, this hurts me. This is painful. This seems insurmountable to me. But God, to you, I know that this is a light thing. So God, would you protect me and deliver me from this evil? And so when we pray, we pray, God, bless me. Stretch me. Empower me. God, would you protect me? God, would you keep me from this temptation that is incessantly knocking at my door? God, I'm praying that you would protect me today. This is a prayer that we should pray on a daily basis. We can say, Lord, would you protect my eyes uh, so that they would not see things that you don't want me to see? Would you protect my ears so I'm not listening to philosophies from the world that I shouldn't hear? Would you protect my mouth so I wouldn't be saying and speaking things that I shouldn't be speaking? God, would you protect my marriage so that there would be no animosity that would distort uh, your plan for our lives? God, would you protect my children? Lord, would you protect uh, my future uh, children's spouse? God, would you do work in their lives and in their hearts? See, on a daily basis, what we should be praying is that God would protect us so that it would not grieve me, like Jabez says. Lord, protect me. Would you deliver me from evil, much like what Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer. And I want you to see how this prayer concludes in verse number 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And watch this. And God granted him that which he requested. We know that this is a prayer that honors God because the Lord answered this prayer request for Jabez. And so if you use this prayer pattern, let's say Monday morning you wake up and you pray according to this pattern, bless me, stretch me, empower me, protect me, you know that this is a prayer that God has heard and answered. You know it's a prayer that God is pleased with. And so this is something that we can pray on a daily basis. I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said, uh, God answers our prayers not because we are good, but because he is good. God answers our prayers, not because we are so good or so great, but because he is so good and so great. You know, the Bible says that there is none righteous, no, not one. All of us are sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Uh, Jabez was imperfect. He knew that he needed God. And so what did he do? He called upon his name. He cried out to the God of Israel, Yahweh, the one true God. He called upon his name. And today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you can do the exact same thing that Jabez did. You can call upon his name. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so if you're unsaved today, I would encourage you today, that's the most important thing that you could ever do in your life is to invite Jesus Christ in. He lived a perfect life. He came, he died on the cross, and he rose again on the third day. And because Jesus conquered the grave and because Jesus is alive today, uh, that set the precedent for you and for me so that we too can rise again and live on forever. And so if you're not saved, uh, that is the prayer that I would encourage you to pray today, to invite Jesus Christ in. If you do have a relationship with God today, I wonder, would your prayers change the world or would they just change you? Let's be praying as a church, Lord, would you enlarge our coast? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today.